0: Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dazed and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host today. And we are very, very happy to have Jamie Evans, the Herbsom with us. And uh, Jamie has a wonderful website, theherbsom.com, and I recommend everyone go to it and see her extensive lineup of things articles, blogs. It's amazing. Jamie, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Latham, for having me. And I'm thrilled to share some insights about the canna culinary world tonight.
1: Nice. I like it. So as as normal, we're going to start out with my signature question. What's your historical relationship to cannabis, Jamie?
2: Yeah, so my relationship with cannabis really began back in college. Um, so I studied wine and viticulture at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So I can actually remember coming home from my wine sensory evaluation classes and then smelling through different cannabis strains and really thinking to myself, like, wow, these two things are so similar. Um, okay. But back then, there really wasn't a ton of information, and the conversation around cannabis was a lot different than what we are seeing today. Um, So it really wasn't until January 2017 that I began using cannabis for medical purposes. So really with intention. And Mm -hmm. at that time, I had witnessed a really bad car accident and I couldn't sleep. Mm. I didn't want to take pharmaceutical drugs. So I turned to cannabis and it was this beautiful natural alternative. It really helped me and I knew it was helping so many other people. So this is why I decided to come into the cannabis space, which I'm so happy that I have. It's been an amazing journey.
1: That's great. I have a very similar story. I, was in a terrible rear ender you know, on Highway 580 in Oakland. In.
2: oh wow yeah, and
1: I, I cannabis pretty much saved me. I mean, in terms of mm-hmm. I am not a person who takes oxy or any of these things. I
2: oh yeah me
1: neither horrifying, and um so that's a great story. I mean, it's not a great story in an accident, but I, I like how you came to it, and that's that makes a big difference. And I,
2: it I does really cool. And I like I really think that the way that cannabis works with our body, that really fascinated me and how it just works with our endocannabinoid system. So it just it completely fascinates me and it's just amazing to see what cannabis can do for us. so
1: the, the science gets deeper <laughs> and deeper every day.
2: Yeah, know? it does.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's talk about something um, because let's dive in deep um, f- about the similarities for cannabis and wine. And I know you go through that a lot on your website, but yep. I'd love to hear it from your voice and really kind of go one one to one. I mean, I've seen your chart on right. the pairing guide and I really mm-hmm. like that. And it's a great Thank idea. You. And yep. it's, it's really clear, unlike a recent uh, big company out there, I won't say their name, <laughs> recently put out a new chart on how to do this. And it's oh, so wow. confusing. I can't take it. And Rachel Burkons and I were talking about it the other day, yep. and it's uh, very confusing. So let's hear what you think about especially California varietal yep. wines and California cannabis.
2: So I love this question because I do come from a long history of working in the wine industry. So I spent over a decade working with wine. And I think what is so fascinating is there are so many similarities between wine and cannabis. Um, And I think it all starts with growing practices. So if you're looking at, you know, how um, vineyard managers are out in the vineyard, they're doing, um, you know biodynamic farming, they're doing organic farming. Um, There's a lot of practices that cannabis farmers use as well um, that are very similar. And also an amazing thing about both cannabis and wine is that they're terroir expressive. So they really take on this sense of place and practice. um, And that's what makes each variety and strain so unique. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is extremely fascinating for me (laughs) to to kind of like explore all the different regions um, and taste through those differences and similarities.
1: I'm glad you brought that up about the care. Right. Um, With premier growers in the state that I've visited a lot of, you see, I I joke with them sometimes because from uh, like August, I would say on to harvest, Mm -hmm. I'm like, we won't be seeing you. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I call them the hermits, you know, the yeah. fall hermits, <laughs> and it's exactly the same. Right. And it's the same thing with wine. My mom and uh, was in the wine uh, production business in terms of grapes, yep. contract grower for many years in St. Elena, and I okay. just remember eyes on the prize, and was just like, "Oh my gosh, that rain is coming. Yep. We have to be super vigilant." And same thing goes for growing cannabis. If you yep. lose it by a day, you've lost a year's income, and that's really. Really um, tough to take for a lot of people because very few trades, very few ways of life, you can lose everything in a day. And that's definitely one is traditional farming, as I would say.
2: That's so true, and I think also with wine and cannabis, there's so many similarities between aromas and flavors, um, which all comes down to terpenes. Which really my uh, my pairing guide is based on is comparing these aromas and flavors um, with six of the most common terpenes that are actually found in cannabis. But the amazing thing is terpenes are also found in wine, so it really makes sense that we can pair these two things together. And we can actually do the same sensory evaluation techniques that we use on wine. We can use those same techniques on cannabis. Um, So I really consider cannabis this gourmet product.
1: Yeah. I never, you know, until I got into the business on the legal side, I really never explored the terpene thing. Mm -hmm. But boy, it's come front and center now, you know, and it's just so vital um, to your knowledge base. Without it, you don't really understand what's happening, and I mean, there's all those weird subjects too that we all have gone down that road, especially within the vape space and added mm-hmm. terpenes and who's adding what to what. You know, it's right. it's a very interesting subject. And for all <laughs> of you at, at home, do a little briefer on um, and a little research on the terpenes and what that means, because it's it'll take you in new directions for sure, especially when you're at the dispensaries buying your your favorite. Yeah. Um exactly. I I have another question for you regarding uh the state of the cannabis business in 2019-2020. Do mm-hmm. you think do you think we're going forward right now or do you think we're going backward? It seems like we're in a <laughs> place right now.
2: It seems like a roller coaster. So it seems like <laughs> yeah. we're going we're progressing and then we're taking a um you know a dive down again. So I think it is kind of a roller coaster ride and You know, I've worked with many brands um, who have been, you know, working through the regulations and trying to keep up with the taxes. And I think um, it is a very complicated industry to be in. Um, So as an entrepreneur, you just have to be very nimble and to be able to pivot on a dime because that's really what the industry is kind of like right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and have your um, your business attorney on speed dial because that's becoming <laughs> yeah. very common. That's
2: very important.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, they, and what do you, what are you hearing out there? I mean, I don't know how tied in you are with the the, um, the growers, but what are you hearing about this very bad state move for an increase in the, in the tax base on
2: January one? Um, yeah, I, I really think that is not a good move. It's going to complicate things even more. And yeah. you know what I believe in is really supporting these small growers and allowing them um, to prosper. So I think like raising the taxes, this is not going to be a helpful thing. So I was just actually talking about this um, with my publicist today about <laughs> our thoughts on this, but I just really think that we need to have programs that actually support small growers. And as of now, it just seems that you know the state of California is not moving in that direction, um, which is really unfortunate.
1: Do you think it's pressure from big, let's just say, let's use the ubiquitous term, big pharma or big tobacco saying, well, you -hmm. know, this isn't fair to us, blah, 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 and we should raise taxes. So basically, it's this backdoor way of killing the the small farmer who can't afford it, right? I I just... I don't see any other reason for it, frankly, except for killing the decent industry. And law enforcement, I'm sorry, they're benefiting from this because their ability to bust black market Mm -hmm. only increases when the tax base goes up. It's kind of like a Robin Hood thing, you know?
2: Right. You, but I you think can't even like. Just keep raising
1: it, their, the taxes.
2: Yeah. And I think like as you keep increasing the taxes, that's going to make the illicit market even stronger. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I really don't agree in that direction. And I hope that moving forward, um, you know, we can work with the lobbyist and, you know, create regulations that actually support small growers and small businesses within the cannabis industry.
1: Absolutely. And I think people who are on the legislative slide, side, if anyone's listening to this right now, mm-hmm. please get motivate and get more people out there and more people understanding and right. really get people on the wavelength that the black market is being fostered by the high tax market
2: mm-hmm. or it's tax true. markup.
1: It's yeah. not helping the business, it's hurting it. And yeah. so that's really, really important. And if you're listening... Get out there and do something about it, please. So um, we're about to go in the first break. And okay. when we get back, I'd like to talk to you about strains and names. Right. Because um, we, Rachel, again, her her name comes up yet again. Yeah, um, we, we were talking <laughs> about how strains have changed and genetics are changed. And right. so let's pick that up after the break. And Sounds once good. again, we're here with Jamie Evans, the Zomp, And we'll be right back.
0: We'll be back to crave your sweet tooth with more Dazed and Infused right after
1: this. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at SmartPots.com.
0: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies.
1: The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana
2: llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp
0: Inc. How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back. Only on cannabisradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Days and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, and once again, we're here with Jamie Evans, the Herb psalm. And when we left for the break, we were talking about strains and names and are they still true to their <laughs> genetics? And big, big subject because um, I recently I took some of my own grow, which I did forbidden fruit, I had it analyzed and Boy, it wasn't forbidden fruit. <laughs>
2: I do love <laughs> forbidden fruit, though. <laughs> that's a yeah, really
1: good one. <laughs> had the great chirpenes. It's still the, the, and the smell, the flavor, oh, yeah. yep. the cure was all there. But boy, it wasn't an indica. I'll tell you that much. Right. I, I think I painted my house after my first load came in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, what do you think about this? And it's a subject that's coming up a lot because I think the cross mm-hmm. of genetics is just getting crazy.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I really think that even just the use of like indica and sativa um, as categories, I think that we're kind of moving away from that as well. Because at the end of the day, it really comes down to the terpene profile. And, um, you know, terpenes are really what makes you feel the way you feel when you consume cannabis. Right. And with strain names, um, yeah, I mean, you could find a tangy grown in Mendocino compared to a tangy you know, in Colorado, and they're going to have completely different genetics. <laughs> so right. it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting situation that we're in right now. And um, yeah, I, I, I really think that the strain name is not as relevant as really looking into like the cannabinoid profile and the terpenes.
1: And only through testing can you really get down to that.
2: So yeah, for sure. It's
1: a, it's a longer <laughs> process. So at your dinner parties, do you um, mm-hmm. what do you say about that subject to your participants? Is it uh, don't pay attention to this, just pay attention to the terpenes and the flavor <laughs> profile? Where, where do you go with that?
2: Yeah. So with my dinner series, I have a dinner series called Thursday Infused. And I love this series because I work with different cannabis chefs all throughout the country. And it's really focused on the concept of pairing. Um, so we create, a, well, we, I mean, me and the chef, we, we collaborate on a menu and we take the guest through a journey of tasting cannabis Um, tasting wines, and really thinking about those terpenes and pairings. Um, And so, yes, we do mention the strain name in there, but it's really about learning about terpenes, you know, looking at that pairing guide. I use it in all of my events Mm-hmm. And to really think that you have this cuisine, you have um, the cannabis, you have the wine, and all of these things can be brought together by focusing on those flavors and aromas, uh, right. which is really, really fun. It's, a, it's an amazing dining experience. And I really do think um, it is the future of dining.
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the terms that you used in, I think it was in one of your video vlogcasts that I saw Mm -hmm. was uh, something we at Shuggies uh, love to, you know, push forward as a mantra. And that is the go low, start slow. Yes. And we're at five milligrams for our packets and our, you know, I'm the inventor of the product and Mm -hmm. I purposely engineered my product for People of lower body mass and women typically fit that more than men do because if you start right. out big, your experience could be bad <laughs> yeah. and then you're never coming yeah. back, right?
2: It's so true. And I, I really feel like a lot of people come to my dinners, and actually, I serve five milligrams of THC max throughout the whole dinner. So it is. Oh, very- wow. It's very low dose, um, but people have come to my dinners and they're like, I'm so scared to try edibles again because the first time I had it, you know, I tried like a 50 milligram edible and I couldn't move for like the next two days. So they, yeah. <laughs> they're they coming to the dinner and um, they're actually having this low dose experience, but re- which really changes people's minds. Um, especially about like the edibles category, especially like about, um, cannabis cuisine. So it's just really fun to see how, um, you know, you can do this low dose approach and, you know, whether you're doing like 2.5 milligrams of THC or five milligrams of THC, um, you know, everyone kind of has their perfect level, but there is like a really beautiful way to incorporate that into a low dose meal.
1: Yeah. Now, typically we know when we have our events, I try to get people to try a can of tail non-alcoholic first and, and try (laughs) to stay on that groove. And because I, I don't really, I'm, I I don't drink that much anymore. I used to be a big drinker, but Mm -hmm. with respect to like cross currents, I like people to experience, especially people who are newbies. I like them to experience the cannabis effect, especially the low dosage effect. Mm -hmm. Give them the time, the 20 minutes, 30 minutes it takes for it to kick in. To really see the change in demeanor. And on that subject, I wanted to ask you something. I know you're only doing five milligrams for your whole meal, but yeah. <laughs> do you ever see like the conversation calm down or do you find it gets more animated?
2: Or- oh my gosh, <laughs> I love this question. It gets way more animated and it's just so fun to see how people can connect over a meal with cannabis. And I think that's why I love cannabis is so much is that it actually brings people together and people are laughing, um, people are meeting new friends. It's just a really fun experience to see.
1: Yeah, and it typically does not bring out the bad sides of personality that alcohol (laughs)
2: can, you know? Yeah, that's true. And also, I've noticed that as soon as the event is over, people like to go home. And it's just like a different, (laughs) you know, because they're ready to go relax and have a good night at home. And yeah, it's just... (laughs)
1: <laughs> great, great point. It's different I like than that.
2: an alcohol event where people are like still trying to drink that last drink, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I saw in your bio, we have something in common here and it, it was some people who listen to this podcast might... Um, mm-hmm have some in common as well you are you have family roots in South Dakota you still go back there because I'm my family's from Sheridan Wyoming so oh my
2: gosh that's amazing yeah so yeah. I have family in Rapid City South Dakota so both of my parents um, were born and raised there and my grandparents and my aunt and uncle still live there so
1: okay yeah and are they farmers ranchers or anything um,
2: like that not, uh, my great-grandparents were. So in Watertown, they were farmers. And so wow. I've kind of had this farming background all throughout my life. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I've been really drawn um, to both the wine and cannabis industry because of that ad- agriculture um, and really working with the land. I've, I've always found that really fascinating.
1: Yeah, and I, I it's going back in subjects, but you know what? The terroir and getting the consumer... Mm -hmm. associated with the the land and the grower and how and the process. I still think that's the most important messaging that has to happen in the cannabis space. I agree. Because people, if they don't understand that this is, comes from someone's hand. This comes from someone's blood, sweat, and tears. This mm-hmm. comes from the dirt. Without that basic understanding, all these other things, like the vape, the vape pipes, you know, and all these other things, they take mm-hmm. that away to a certain extent because it kind of puts this distance between things. But right. then again, my my product does that too. But we utilize. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I do. I'm always going to go back to the flower. I'm yep. a flower guy, and I, it. I just love. And I love what the, the farmers do. So I'm. Um, I think God so bless too. Them all.
2: And what's really interesting, actually, up in like the Emerald Triangle is they are trying to establish um, appellations for cannabis, um, just like we see in the wine industry. So I've been kind of following the story. Uh, it's been so fascinating to see um, how this will roll out, but I think it's really important to protect those really important growing regions for cannabis. I and agree, and I th- that I has think, to be
1: established.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the Mendocino Appalachians Project, you know they were the first um, county to actually come out. And I think they established 11 distinct regions classified yeah. by terroir for cannabis.
1: I, I think you're right.
2: Yeah. So it's just, I can't wait to see what happens. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, cannabis comes from the earth and we really need to think about the farmers and the stories behind the farmers.
1: So further on that subject, where are we going with uh, cannabis tourism, do you think? I mean, are you seeing a growth in that or yeah, where are so. we?
2: I think tourism is so fascinating and it's, there's a need for it. And um, over the summertime, I actually went on the Sonoma County Experience, which was a wine, cannabis, and beer tour. Mm. <laughs> and so it was really, really fun. It was a part of the Wine and Weed Symposium. And um, in the morning, we went over to Cannacraft and we did a tour there. And it was just really fascinating to see like where they make their edibles. We saw we, um, where they're producing Hi-Fi Hops. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that lovely, hoppy, sparkling uh, THC yeah. drink. <laughs> sure. And then um, we didn't actually like get to consume any cannabis on the tour. But after we went to a dispensary over to Soulful, um, which is in Sebastopol, California, mm-hmm. and people had the opportunity to purchase products if they wanted to.
1: And were you? And did you go to a field or anything, a growing operation? We
2: actually didn't at that time, oh. but that would have been like the cherry on top, right? So yeah. I, I really think that, I think what what's kind of preventing that though is I think you do need a license to allow people to come into your property at this point. Yeah. So I know that a lot of the farmers um, that I have spoken with, you know, up in the Emerald Triangle, they're really trying to get tourism and, you know, they want people to come out to their farms. So so,
1: so people at home listening who are in the legislature in California, get, <laughs> yeah. get this passed, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: so I see yeah. like
2: transitioning, like kind of how wine has so many like direct consumer um activities, I think the cannabis industry could do that as well.
1: We, and we should be eligible for that, for sure. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go into this, uh, our second break here. And when we get back, I'm going to uh, ask a couple of questions. One is CBD. It's mm-hmm. a hot topic right now, especially with Chinese imports and a lot of other stuff that's coming in on market. So we'll be right back with Jamie Evans, the Herb Psalm. And we'll see you in two to three minutes. Thanks.
0: We'll be back to crave your sweet tooth with more Dazed and Infused right after this.
1: natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on.
0: It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio.
1: Hey, it's Nick Hexham from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now I'm ready to turn the page on yesterday's episode get down. Now I'm willing to disengage to seize the day and the on. Doc Rob, the concierge for Better Living.
0: Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real,
1: raw, inside look at healthier living. While sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life,
0: learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better.
1: The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com.
0: How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: And we're back with Jamie Evans here on Dazed and Infused. I'm your host, Latham Woodward. Uh, When we went to the break, we brought up the subject of CBD. And what is CBD and CBD and THC? Where are we going with this? There's Mm -hmm. so much misinformation out there. Jamie, what's your take on this? Because... I'm very opinionated on <laughs> cannabis-derived CBD, THC, competent, only right. not on this other stuff. So let's hear what you have to say about that.
2: Yeah, so I've actually done a ton of research on CBD lately, and I actually just completed my first book. It's called The Ultimate Guide to CBD, Explore the World of Cannabidiol, which is coming out on March 10th. 2020, right. but um, yeah, so I've spent the whole year basically searching and researching about CBD, and it really comes down to really knowing the differences between hemp derived versus can- cannabis derived CBD and how to choose a trustworthy brand, um, especially now more than ever. So, for the listeners that are out there, you know, um, cannabis-derived CBD is very regulated because these products are the products that you're finding in the licensed dispensaries. Um, so can testing, testing. Yeah, so it's all about testing and you can find those test results, um, you know, from the brands that are going into the dispensaries. But for hemp-derived CBD products, um, if you didn't know, there are officially no regulated testing standards in place for these hemp CBD products. So there's some things to keep in mind. That
1: should should scare everyone, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. It really should, especially when you see it at CVS or the special case you see it at Safeway in or Vons or Ralph's, you Mm -hmm. know, that freaks me out.
2: Yeah, and there's actually three things that I always recommend for anyone looking um, to get into CBD and experimenting with it. So, the first thing I always say is know your product from soil to bottle. So, I think it's extremely important to know where your product is coming from because um, all cannabis and hemp based products, you know, they're not created equal. So if you're looking to use a hemp-derived CBD, you really want to look for those products that are made from small production organic hemp farms. Um, So that's the first thing is to really know your product from soil to bottle.
1: For a pure uh, CBD, no THC, correct?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the next thing is this third-party testing, and I know that we—I mentioned that you know cannabis-derived CBD, you're going to find those in the licensed dispensaries, um, but you're actually seeing some hemp-derived CBD companies just doing the third-party testing. Anyways, they're not—that's great. Yeah, and I, I really think if you're coming across a brand who's doing that, um, you know that is a brand you should count on. And obviously, they're really caring about their product and they're being transparent. So you can see what exactly is in that product. Yeah, <laughs> And I think it's so important right now um, to really take the time to make sure the brands that you're using are going through third-party testing.
1: Do, um, do, you, do you happen to know um, Denise Holt um, Beauty Pulse? Um, she's down in Malibu. I'm going to give her a shout out. Yeah, I'm going to give her a shout out because (laughs) Denise and I met at, uh, what was it? HempCon or Cannabis Cup or one of these things. And Mm -hmm. very dedicated woman. She's from the beauty industry and she, I've been using her CBD um, product and it's trace THC, almost undetectable, but it is cannabis drug. Right. That's what you want to look for. If you're listening out there and you're wanting to mm-hmm. get something, look for someone who cares. And right r- from the soil, I agree 100%. Track it from the soil.
2: Yeah. And then the third thing I always say is... To find a dependable marketplace. And so this is really finding, um, you know, something like ease, where they actually vet all of their products that are going on their menu and making sure that these products um, have those testing results. Um, so I think, you know, always look for places that have um, you know, legitimate CBD products. Um, right. Yeah,
1: I was recently in um, West Hollywood at the MedMen down there. And I'd, okay. I'd never been to a MedMen and I just wanted to see what they did. I was so impressed with what I got because I went in looking for another CBD um, oil. And
0: right.
1: the guy didn't that I was speaking to didn't know exactly what I wanted to. He got another person over. They consulted together. They talked to me about my needs and wants and desires. Steered me away from the first product, went into another product. I think it was Tikkun or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Great product, and I was very impressed with the knowledge base. And so, people at home, if you're in a dispensary, look for people who know what they're talking about, not exactly. just rumor and not this answer. Oh, it's really pretty. You know, that doesn't count. That's <laughs> not a real op- opinion, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> also, do a little research before you go in, you know. Yes. And and it's all
2: I- about doing your own research. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I think um, homework pays off in the cannabis world, especially um, now in a very weird time where a lot of things are falling by the wayside. A lot of things are coming to the forefront. You really don't know what you're getting. And Mm so research, research. That's why the internet's there, people research, yep. you know, use it as your tool. Um, exactly. So why don't we finish up a little, you've got a little funny story. This is how I like to end <laughs> and Perfect. then we'll get some plugs from you. Go ahead. Great.
2: Yeah. So a funny story. Um, when I was first starting the herb Psalm, um, I was really learning how to cook with cannabis at this time. And I, <laughs> one of the first mistakes that I made was I scorched a batch of cannabis flour, while decarboxylating mm. in the oven.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and uh, the cannabis turned like a dark brown cover, a color. Uh, the smoke alarm went off and the yeah. house completely smelt like burnt pine trees. It was like a scene out of a movie. <laughs> it's yeah. actually a blessing. Uh, like, cannabis didn't catch on fire. So
1: <laughs> that, That'll that, teach you.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, I actually came across this random recipe on the internet and I didn't take the time to like thoroughly research um, before I actually tried my first decarb. <laughs> and so yeah. after this, I learned like you really have to do your research to find those reliable resources. And you know while there isn't really an exact science to cooking with cannabis, um, something that I've learned is just to really do your research and find you know those cannabis chefs that are out there um, on decarbing methods and yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really important, so you don't bring your good
1: husband. advice. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure at the end of that article that you've forgot to read the last line that said, be sure you don't do this, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so um, what do you have coming up, and what would you like to plug? I love a, a good plug.
2: Yeah, so I already talked about my book, The Ultimate Guide to CBD, Explore the World of Cannabidiol. Um, that's now available for pre-order on Amazon and it will be releasing on March 10th, um, which is very exciting. And I also want to give one last thing, a shout out, which is um, my... Uh, a an organization that I'm a part of called crop to kitchen and we're advocating for legalized cannabis cuisine throughout California. So if mm-hmm. any listeners out there want to get involved with the organization, um, please reach out to me. I'd love to get you involved. And I think that, you know, we're really trying to push this movement forward.
1: Are you still doing Thursday infused or is that over now?
2: No, I, I will be picking up the event series next year. I will be taking another Break from events because I'm working on a CBD drinks book next, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very exciting. But I will be picking that up probably in summertime again. And well, just, I just I love working with the chefs. So
1: keep it in mind that Shugies would be love would love to be a part of your Thursday infused. Uh, it would be makeup.
2: perfect. Drink.
1: And uh, we'll bring our own our own take on things to your your parties if you'd like.
2: I would and love that.
1: So I'm looking forward to it. Why don't you just let the folks at home know your book title again?
2: Yes, it's The Ultimate Guide to CBD, Explore the World of Cannabidiol. And you can follow me at The Herbsom on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Perfect. And I'm really happy that someone has taken the time to do the research and get the real story on CBD out there. So for this week, I want to say thank you to Jamie Evans, The Herbsalm. And as always, you can reach us at info at shugies.com. That's I-N-F-O at s h o o g i e s dot com. And look for us on the web at Shuggies.com. This week, we do have some great recipes posted. And Wonderful. Christmas is here. And uh, everybody have a great holiday season. Thanks, Jamie.
2: Thank you so much. Have a great holiday season.
1: You too. And everyone at home, have a great holiday season.